There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. So I switched to Boost Mobile and got this free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Why do you think they call it the Galaxy? Maybe because the Samsung Galaxy A23 has a huge screen. And galaxies are huge gravitationally bound systems of stars rotating around a supermassive black hole. And the phone is free? When you switch to Boost Mobile. Cool. You lost me at Gravitationally Bound. Switch to Boost and get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. Limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only. Excludes tax. One device offer per line. Only available on certain networks. 5G not available everywhere. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. A safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer. This is Soccer 101 with Michelle Smallman and Moon Valjean. Welcome into Soccer 101. This is the safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer. Moon Valjean and Michelle Smallman are here with you, and we have an exciting podcast on deck for you today. If you're listening last week, you know we are going to speak to a professional referee and answer all of your questions about the rules of soccer. Don Tebow is going to join us here in a minute. But before we get going, the World Cup is going on, a lot of things happening. And Moon, I know you've been locked in and you have some thoughts you want to get off your chest about the World Cup. I just want to say this has been one of the most exciting World Cups. They're always exciting. I've always enjoyed uh, watching them and sharing them, especially with the family and friends that haven't really gotten into soccer yet because it is just, it's the world's best of the best and something exciting always happens. This time Messi is just on fire, the whole Ronaldo drama, but then Morocco. I mean, Cinderella story here. Morocco, Mm -hmm. the first African nation to ever make it this far into the semifinals. Unfortunately, their World Cup dream did end and France's dream of winning back-to-back titles remains alive. On Wednesday of this week in the semifinal, France scored a goal in each half to advance to Sunday's final beating Cinderella story Morocco two to nothing. France will now face Argentina. Lionel Messi, the Argentinian captain, he's just one win away from winning the World Cup trophy and cementing his legacy as the greatest ever to play the game. He's sort of separating himself from from Ronaldo now going to a final and perhaps winning it. A video went viral of Argentina fans, by the way, who went to Messi's grandma's house and were singing to Messi's grandma. So okay. it is it is a big deal down there. It's a it's a huge deal in World Cup news. Uh, the World Cup final game is set for Sunday. There is a match on Saturday. That is the third place match. That's between Morocco and Croatia. And when you say, oh, well, that doesn't matter. First of all, it does matter because you don't want to be fourth. You want to be third. And secondly, there is money. 
FIFA does dish out the $440 million in prize money to the World Cup generated from all sorts of different things, and that does go to the teams. We will break that down in the next episode because uh, we do have a lot to get to with our referee, Don Tebow, today. We do, but before we get to Don Moon, I was sad that Morocco's Cinderella story came to an end, but this final is riddled with stars. It's riddled with storylines. You have Messi, you have Kylian Mbappe, you have France going for back-to-back titles. Argentina and Messi, as you mentioned, trying to just cement his legacy even further. So who are you cheering for in the final? I'm cheering for everybody because I, I really am a fan. <laughs> I I know that sounds silly. I, I just I, want everybody to have fun. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm adopted, but I did find out that I have a French bloodline. So I guess I'm leaning France. I uh, I do have yes. my doppel. My, my doppelgangers are a combination of uh, the French goalkeeper and one of the French strikers, uh, uh, Olivier Giroud. But uh, those two guys, I think, are going to bring it home, of course, with Mbappe being just an absolute joy to watch joy to watch but Messi ain't screwing around the guy's like 35 now uh 36 but he, i think he's having the best world cup of his entire career and he's surrounded by absolute quality and they all seem to be clicking that last match was so fun to watch so i'm leaning france with my heart and my head i think they should stick it out but anything and i mean anything can happen what about you I'm all Argentina, baby, all the way. Let's go Messi. Why, why, why? Because France already had their moment. And I love greatness and I want greatness to be cemented and appreciated. And it it just feels so necessary for Messi to win, in my opinion. It does. Um, and the argument, obviously, for the last couple of decades is who's the greatest, uh, the greatest of all time, or at least the greatest playing now. Is it Messi or Ronaldo? And I'll tell you what, man, I've always been a Ronaldo guy because I'm a Manchester United guy and he started there. Well, not started there, but like, you know, really rose to fame there. And um, I will fully admit that this World Cup and, and this period in which Ronaldo has uh, kind of done himself no favors with Manchester United as a club or or a fan base. I think Messi might be the guy. I think if I had to pick one now, I have changed. And I got like wow. 13 Ronaldo jerseys. But I think I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm a Messi guy now. And it's but before, I don't want to get too deep into it, but before I used to think, okay, if I was a coach, who would I want on my squad? Who would I want on my 11? And I thought the intensity of Ronaldo and what he can do as an individual was always more impressive than Messi. I thought Messi was always surrounded by just top class talent and that he was a team guy. But at this point, and, and, you know, I know Ronaldo's a little bit older and his age is catching him and everything, but at this point, maybe Messi is the better overall player. It would depend on the strategy and the team that you build around him. But if I had to build a team from scratch and build it around one player, I think I am now team Messi. Wow. I know that was tough for you to say out loud. It really was. It really was. That's <laughs> something that happened like these last like six days. And it's, it's actually been very difficult for me. <laughs> I know well, it's, it sounds uh, like dramatic and silly, but like it's very difficult. I do have a lot of Ronaldo jerseys. It probably cost me a thousand dollars. But you know what? This is the safe space for St. Louis to talk about soccer. So this is I'm proud of you for being in the trust tree here and sharing your feelings. I know if I can be vulnerable, so can you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we can't wait to break everything down next podcast. We're going to have not only a conversation about the World Cup final, but probably our favorite things just from the World Cup in general. But let's not waste any more time, Moon. Let's get to our guest this week. We're so thrilled to welcome Don Tebow. He's a professional referee to the podcast to answer all of our questions about the rules of soccer. Don, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? We are doing great. And since this is the safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer, we thought it would be so beneficial for our audience to get to hear from you because a lot of people who are going to be consuming 
St. Louis City SC and the MLS when things kick off in 2023 might not have a, a good grasp of the rules. So that's where you come in. You're going to be our rules expert here. So if you wouldn't mind, just first give us a little bit of your resume so everybody knows how you got into refereeing and what you've done so far. So, yeah, I think I started refereeing after college in about 2010. And so it's just you go to a certification class and then eventually give you more games, more games you do, understanding of the rules and application of them and your availability over a certain time. I got to basically do everything except MLS. So that's STLFC whistle, um, center referees, same thing for the ambush from a local perspective, and then have traveled all around the country as well for refing. Hey, Don, welcome to the podcast. Um, I have to say as a soccer player, like, you know, first and foremost, I respect you, but I feel like you're against me. So you're going to have to really earn it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> as a player going onto the pitch, I'm always like, okay, let's see how this referee does. And it's one of those, like, I'm sure just like a, 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 a player, kind of watching out for the referee to see see how consistent they're going to be. Is that how you also kind of find yourself going into a game, sort of watching out for players on who is going to be troublemakers? Is is that true or am I just thinking that? Well, the higher level you go, it's usually the higher level of pre-game um, work that you do. It's like at the pro level, you have video clips of hours upon hours every single week that you go through. Like, here's this clip. Here's a unique scenario. We want this to be applied going forward because in the... Well, for FIFA, it's the laws, like FIFA laws of the game. I mean, I always say, I say rules anyway. There's no way you can cover every scenario. So to your point, as far as like the pregame stuff and what you kind of go through, okay, there's all those clips. Okay, here's certain players that we want to protect that are goal scorers. Here's certain people that are usually get a customary yellow card every game because they're like a bruiser or like a defender who's trying to stop promising attacks. And so when I was at certain levels, if there was a team, two teams that played that same season or last season, you would call and just kind of walk through some things. Was there anything that happened that you need to be aware of? I'm sure you've given out plenty of cards any that are just instant memories? I think my fastest red card was about 14 seconds into a game. Wow. Where a dude, I mean, played a ball over the top. Dude just came in with his studs, put him in his chest at full sprint. You just got to be ready once that whistle starts and have as much, uh, now, hopefully, pregame knowledge as possible so you don't get surprised. Yeah, that. so that answers one of my future questions was, you know, you see... Um, from everything from goaltenders in soccer, uh, you know, studying penalty kicks and uh, quarterbacks in football studying tape and all these people studying tape. I was going to ask later, do you study tape to kind of see who the troublemakers might be or how the flow of a particular uh, uh, a team or, or their, their strategies may affect your refereeing or even your positioning on the field? But I guess you answered that. And in that particular scenario where you had a 14 second red card, was this a player you were already looking out for? Um, No, it's not. But. Uh, so a lot of the big things that the higher level you go up is like establishing credibility. I had a game at a D1 college game this year. Team was coming in. I've already seen the clips and talked to other referees. They are prone to quote unquote diving. As you've seen in the tournament from certain teams, they basically blow a whisk of your hair and they roll around 18 times. So by knowing that ahead of time, all both all the coaches and all the players have studied the same amount of game film, same amount of thing of their opposition. So when you go into that and this guy goes over, let's just this this scenario didn't call a foul. And, and everybody's like, what's your I'm like, hey, I know, I know, I know exactly what the approach you're taking to this person who's going to quote unquote flop. So then again, that builds up that credibility where you're going into the game. They dive all the time. How are we, how are we going to defend that? Well, if you have a referee who's done enough of his work prior, hey, he's aware of it. We can trust this guy and we can just focus on the game, at least as far as 
one of the scenarios of, of a match. And there's dozens of them that happen every match. Awesome. And we can get into so many different questions, but I I, I got a feeling we, we're going to get a little deeper than we probably should. Mm-hmm. We could talk for hours. But let's let's start a little bit more basic just for people that don't know. How many referees are out there during a soccer match? And does it change from league to league? Um, So for most of your local stuff up until I would say college and probably when you get into the tiers of um, USSF soccer, so it's like adult amateur, you'll have three center referee, assistant referee, assistant referee. The World Cup's been very, in my opinion, the analysts have been very good about educating people about VAR. So to that point, they cover offsides and they also cover a lot of things in their quote unquote quadrant. So we, Hey, here's the things that I'm going to handle in my quadrant files. Once it gets to you, you're going to have more authority to call files to say, if it's a yellow to say, if it's a potential red card right in front of you. And so that's what they kind of handle. And then when you get to the professional and the college level, there's a fourth official who's basically a verbal punching bag for the bench personnel, the coaches and everything. And so they make sure some substitutions happen. They calm down coaches. They look for things off the ball. Like if I have a fourth official, I'm smelling again, referee thing. If you can kind of smell that something's going on off the ball, I'll tell my fourth official overcomes. Don't even watch the game. You're watching those two players for anything off the ball. Cause players are smart. They'll look over their shoulder. Is the referee looking? I'm not looking while well, I still have eyes behind me to hopefully catch any of that. You said, you know, yellow is a cautionary card. Two yellows is a red, but there's also a straight red or an automatic red. You'll hear uh, announcers Correct. mention sometimes. What are the fouls that give me an automatic red card? There's two different types. There's, um, you'll see a red card. You might see SFP. That's for like serious foul play. That's for anything that happens around the ball. I come in, I miss the ball, and I destroy your knee. We're not going to let that happen. So that's a straight red card. Another red card you can get is for violent conduct, which is anything off the ball. Elbowing, spitting, punching, swiping a guy's legs. So that violent, I mean, you haven't seen almost any of that in this World Cup for any people who have been watching it because of VAR. But for the red cards that you can get, Serious foul play for anything involving like a tackle with another player. Violent conduct is off the ball or fighting, that type of thing. And then you have an denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And that's if somebody's about to hit the ball into the back of net and get a goal and you completely just destroy them outside the box. If you trip a guy on a breakaway, that's 100% a red card because you're denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity. So that's kind of the three types of red cards based on three different types of scenarios. Were you ever a player, Don? Uh, yes, I would consider myself box-to-box midfielder. Did you and... ever receive a double yellow or a red card? Oh yeah, absolutely. Two <laughs> nice. yellows, I never... I was, I was too slow to... To really go in and actually hurt somebody on a tackle, hence the box to box midfielder. <laughs> Michelle, did you ever play? Did you ever play any sports where you were carded or 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 ejected from a, from a game? I played soccer my entire life, and there were some cards thrown my way. Yes, yes. For what? Any like any red card infractions? Uh, I don't believe I ever had a red card, but there was definitely a litter of yellows in my day. I was a physical <laughs> player. I'm not gonna lie. A litter I, of yellows. I didn't really start it, but I was quick to finish. We'll just leave it at that. Wow. <laughs> That's like most defenders, coaches at the higher level, they don't trust people who don't get yellow cards. And we're not talking about coming in and elbowing somebody. Oh, if I can get a yellow card instead of you having a three on two, I'll take that every single time. Or you're not wanting to go into a tackle hard. You're kind of timid. That's not what we need right now. And so that's kind of from like referees. We understand when people take those quote unquote, tactical yellow cards. It's another thing you might actually hear stopping a promising attack, those types of yellow cards. 
Yeah, the tactical yellows, uh, people don't uh, tend to shy from, especially in the pro level, because people are just so good and so fast. And uh, it really does come down to some tactics and strategy. But also it's about wanting your players to make sure that they're at the edge of the envelope as far as physicality and work ethic and just going for it. Uh, I personally have only, I've only been red carded once. It was a shameful moment in my career. I was playing keeper. This is in an indoor men's league. And I had this guy's number. This is a championship game. Had this guy's number. I was chatterboxing it. I was just, I, I was destroying his day mentally. He took a swing at me at the end and I, I got physical and um, more or less to just sort of assert some dominance that he wasn't going to be able to get physical again. And uh, we were both ejected. Turns out he was like a childhood friend of my drummers. And we uh, we had a great conversation that <laughs> evening on, on on the phone. Let's jump back into the, the, the rules, as you said. Something that's always been interesting and you hear about, you know, the NFL uh, changes a lot. The NHL changes a lot of rules and they always make a big kind of hubbub about it. Soccer doesn't get the, we'll say, press when they change rules. Other than VAR coming in, you don't hear about it as much as is that because the rules don't change as much or they haven't changed over the decades? Or could you take us through the process of what referees go through year in and year out? Is it an off-season thing where internationally rules will change or is it really league to league and wherever you're going, you kind of have to brush up on the on the rules? How does that all work? So the rules usually come out after a um, calendar year for FIFA. So like you kind of said, when you covered like transfer windows, the transfer window for the U.S., is different for the transfer window for international. Same thing for when leagues start and when leagues stop. They follow the, so right around, what'd you say, like June, FA, all the local competitions, all the international competitions aside from are usually done. So that's when they'll come out with rule changes. We usually get probably two hours of training usually every year at that time of all what the law changes are. And most of them are usually based off situational things that happened that they're trying to rectify. VAR is kind of a weird one because that's that was pretty much completely new. And the MLS was the first one who actually started it. So when you used to see a lot of World Cups, usually when it first started, I think past two World Cups, you'll see a lot of US officials being in that VAR scenario. So that's kind of an ever-evolving new thing. And to that point, we uh we have a the US has a fourth official on the final. Oh, no kidding. I was gonna I was gonna get to that. Yep. And then we have uh VAR is uh actually a guy from Kansas City that I've actually reffed with before in college. Awesome. Well, Don, I just wanted to know typically what's the hardest call for a ref to make? I mean, it has to, because soccer is such a low scoring game, it has to be penalties. Like I said, a foul that happens within the penalty box that can decide so many things. One, it could be a one zero game. Two, if you call it, let's just say if you get a draw, you can go into playoffs. Like there's so many ramifications and there's so many one nil or zero zero games. If you don't call a PK, that's where we come under the most scrutiny because something you call it midfield will never be a penalty kick at the pro levels. Are there things that, that every referee is, is saying or, or trained to say to sort of deescalate that scenario? I have people routinely. I think I counted it in one match where I was refing a college game between group of UK players. I got told to F off. I think 38 times in one game. Oh. Am I going to have 38 red cards? No, that's just part where I'm not even reacting to what they're saying. Only the stuff on visual. Because if, if somebody says you're an effing mf and that happens and you give a red card and it's on TV, everybody's just like, oh my God, what just happened? But if somebody comes swailing their arms and sprinting straight at you, 
or they clap in your face. It's that demonstrative visual stuff where we try to make sure that we kind of give a yellow card caution or go over to them, single them out and be like, this is not going to happen again. You are done with anything. You're even talking to me. And again, there you go. It saves you a yellow card. You're not having as much of an impact on the field. That's not quote unquote soccer play related, if that makes sense. Speaking of demonstrative, a lot of people who are new to soccer, one of the biggest complaints or things that is thrown in at the game is about flopping and dramatics. How do you handle that from your perspective? It has to be for giving a yellow card for diving. You can't be a hundred percent sure it's a dive. You have to be a thousand percent sure. If there's any contact, technically that can come back to bite you. Yeah. You have to be a thousand percent sure. Last thing from me, Don, since this is kind of a hack for people who are new to watching soccer, what's something that you look for on the field that you think people should take with them and they should pay attention to as far as the rules are concerned when they're watching at home on TV or maybe at the game. First, from me perspective, I like seeing everything that's like off the ball that's happening, like all the runs, the runs that take defenders away and open up the space. From a referee perspective, I would say watch how referees, how do they manage the tools they have in their belt? Watch how referees establish precedent throughout the entire game. Uh, the only questions I had from uh, my buddy Scott, uh, I said, hey, I'm going to be talking to a professional referee. You know, do you have any good questions for him? And his first one was, other than a Z Zebra, what's your favorite animal? <laughs> and I said, it's not it's not basketball or hockey. They don't typically wear stripes. But I am interested in the jerseys. Do you get to wear the color that you want? Is it different in every league? How does that work? You have five different colors, short sleeve, long sleeve. And you go into MLS, they have Adidas, which are very sharp looking jerseys. So there's another probably five short long. You have college jerseys, which is five short long. Uh, champion. If you do Champions League, they have an all white one with a baby blue trim that I want to wear. It is a very hot looking. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is a super attractive looking jersey. But yeah, um, hot jersey. yeah, there's that many There's different matching socks. I mean, I go through since I usually do anywhere from five to seven miles a game. I'm usually replacing shoes every time. That's a good fact. Yeah, but there's a five lot of jerseys. Miles a game. Yeah, do you track yeah, that, that on your Apple Watch or something? Like, do you track how, long, um, how far you go? Yeah, so I have the watch that tracks that um, when I was on the pro circuit, they had one of those heartbeat sensors that would register and send in their stats. You also have to send in all your dietary stuff that you're doing, all your workouts. Like once you get to that uh -huh. level, you're per you're pretty much doing everything a professional athlete does. Yeah. And that's actually, that was, that's a perfect lead into my last question, which was about the uniform, specifically about the shoes and the whistle. I know that may sound uh, uh, silly, but I am interested. Is that all an official thing? Do you get to bring your own whistle, but does it have to be approved? And what are you allowed? to do as far as the footwear goes. So there's only probably, I think, as I know they're renegotiating the collective bargaining agreement for referees or they just have for the MLS. There's probably only, I think, like maybe 20 to 30 salaried people. Everybody else is a 1099 contractor. So all everything that I buy and all stuff that we buy, we can wear. So you can't wear just a random jersey. You have to wear whatever the jersey is for the league, being a referee, like attention. So I have a matching whistle for every single jersey that I have, nice. along with the clip for the spray. Um, shoes are almost always black. Certain conferences that I ref for college, they don't allow facial hair. And that's kind of the lead up oh, to wow. how many referees do you see that are bald or have zero hair? And how many of them have facial hair? Look at that next time you're watching a professional match. What's that's the a, reasoning behind that? To look professional. I mean, that's understandable. So it's like the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, just just oh, just numbers on the back and wow. yeah, and the no shaving thing. The last person who think had really good hair was Mark Clattenburg. He's one of the announcers on, uh, or he's one of the analysts for FIFA. Uh, you can't I, have tattoos showing. You can't have wow. jewelry. 
See, this is the stuff that I want to know. But you can pick your shoes. They just have to be black in, in, in most leagues. Yeah. So no beards and no tattoos. Wow. And no okay. jewelry. No accessories at all. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't think same thing with players. We can't see if they're wearing like belly button rings or something. That's a weird question to ask. But uh, yeah, any seeing jewelry or tattoos. Wow, man. It's just like Kmart. They made me take out my earring for four hours into my first shift. So I was no. out of there, bro. You can't stifle my artistic expression. Well, Don, I just want to uh, say thanks for coming on here. This is not going to be your last time on the pod. Much appreciated. It was so awesome. I hope we educated a lot of people and uh, gave some viewers even more to look out for on Saturday's third place. Match and then, of course, Sunday's World Cup final. And then, for anybody interested in getting into it, mrdp.org, or you can just look up Missouri referees. If you want to participate fully financially, it goes very well for you. I was able to travel to Brazil for the World Cup just solely on my referee uh, money that I made throughout the year. So the money's there and you get to exercise and for me, you get attention. So that works perfect. That's a win-win-win. Well, thank you, Don. This was great. Absolutely. Well, thank you again to Don Tebow for joining Soccer 101 this week. I know about you, Moon, but I certainly learned a lot. I thought Don was incredibly fun and informative and we'll definitely have him on again soon and can't wait to do this again next week and talk about the newly minted World Cup champion. It's going to be a heck of a weekend. We will see you next week. Go! of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. So I switched to Boost Mobile and got this free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Why do you think they call it the Galaxy? Maybe because the Samsung Galaxy A23 has a huge screen. And galaxies are huge gravitationally bound systems of stars rotating around a supermassive black hole. And the phone is free? When you switch to Boost Mobile. Cool. You lost me at Gravitationally Bound. Switch to Boost and get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. Limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only. Excludes tax. One device offer per line. Only available on certain networks. 5G not available everywhere. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. It pays to paint with Lowe's. Pros can earn more faster by signing up for our MVP's Pro Rewards Program. Get up to 20% back when you buy more paint, including top paint and stain brands pros trust, such as HGTV Home by Sherwin-Williams and Valspar. Visit us in-store or at Lowe's.com today to get started. Based on minimum qualifying annual spend, Lowe's gifts card must be claimed by last day of calendar year. Valid through 1231. Additional exclusions, terms, and conditions apply. See Lowe's.com slash L slash pro loyalty terms for details.